expectations are dangerous when they are both too high and unformed. Lionel Shriver wrote that in We Need to Talk About Kevin. Yes, there is a proper way to do things, which means there's also a wrong way. I know this sounds hurtful, but for once in your life, this isn't about your feelings. It's about learning. And if you don't realize you need to learn, then you won't. Failure isn't something to fear. It's something that should anger you. To be clear, angry at yourself, not someone else. Blame gives one an out. Blame means you didn't do anything wrong. Naturally, if you didn't do anything wrong, there's no reason to improve. And if you've got no reason to improve, you've got no need for a mentor, no need for the past, no need for experience. Kenneth Jarrack said that in an article that he wrote titled What's Your Excuse, which appeared on the Medium platform um, earlier this week. I found myself talking a lot about expectation in the last week. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but that's what's happened. And I think really where it leaves me is that unrealistic expectation that some, maybe some photographers have, not for the work that they're creating, but where that work's going to appear or how that work is going to be seen or what that work is actually going to do for them. As I said last week, um, I announced the mentors, mentees, I should say, I'm the mentor. I announced the mentees for the um, the 12-month free mentorship uh, last weekend. And um, I've started to have some really fruitful uh, conversations and email discussions with those people, a lot of which has kind of, I suppose, focuses on this thing of expectation again. I think as photographers, we're very good at focusing on the work, on our passions, on ourselves. Maybe we're not quite so good at actually taking that work away from ourselves and putting it into a context as to where is that work going to appear? Where do we see that kind of work? Why do we see it in those places? The Kenneth Jarrack piece also raises a very important point to me about the importance of learning from older people the importance of learning from history, from photographic history, and the importance of not thinking that it's clever to dismiss any form of influence and to think, I believe incorrectly, that um, work is created from a vacuum, from a nowhere. It kind of can't be. It has to come from influences, whether those influences are known or whether those influences are coming to us from some place in our distant past. Unrecognised, perhaps, as influences, but influences all the same. Really, I think expectation can be, um, I suppose, controlled. I suppose it, they can be managed um, through knowledge, through learning, through conversation and through a realistic understanding of just how hard it can be to work as a professional photographer. Somebody who sees their work as being intrinsic to who they are. 
I watched a very interesting uh, discussion. The photographer Martin Parr is now doing um, these little kind of on-the-couch conversations. I think the one I've just seen with Sean Davey was um, the second. And it was it was really interesting to me. Um, just the, the kind of the battle there. There's a kind of like a battle going on between them. Um, not a not an unpleasant one, a very a very respectful one, I'm, I'm sure. But she talks about um, that need to photograph everything every day, and she also talks in that um, that little kind of video clip. It's available on YouTube, as I say, Martin Parr on the sofa, um, and she talks about the importance of her lecturer, uh, her mentor, um, to her in her decision making, but also how that mentor was pretty tough on her um, as part of that mentorship and as part of that learning. And she talks about how she can hear that person in her head most of the time giving her advice or perhaps leading her forward. Expectations can also, um, I I think, develop. uh, Unrealistic expectations can develop through a confusion of thought. And a lot of the discussions I've been having in this last week have been about the need for simplicity, for clarity, for the definition of what exactly um, the work that is being created, where, where does it, where's the, expect, the expectation for where it's going to take you? Is it purely a, uh, a personal expression, a personal journey, or is there an expectation for that work to lead to a commission or to a series of commissions to or to clients so many of these questions really lead right down to the very core of why we do what we do and by looking at others by looking at previous work by talking to those with vastly more experience than ourselves we can actually i think put some kind of context around those expectations I think this week I'm probably meandering a little bit, but I haven't worked it out for myself yet. So I'm just putting these things out there for considerations. Maybe some of these things I've said make sense. Maybe I've added to more confusion. I hope that's not the case. But I think as Lionel Shriver says, expectations can be dangerous when they are both too high and they are unformed. And I would I would add to that whether when they're uninformed when they're uninformed when they just become dreams when they become hopes rather than a realistic realities i suppose this sense of expectation can be applied to many personal projects and primarily it's the personal projects that i've been talking to people about over the past week But I think there also has to be an expectation that if you're going to create work that has value, that has direction, that has a sense of purpose and has a reason to exist, to do that, you've got to look at other people's work. You've got to talk to other people. You've got to learn from those people. And inevitably, they're going to be a much more experienced than you. And they'll probably be a little bit older as well. Craig Easton is a Scottish photographer based in England, known for his dramatic landscape work and intimate portraits. His early career was defined by uh, work for uh, the groundbreaking independent newspaper, and I can certainly remember 
every week being so excited about receiving and looking at the Independent on Saturday magazine, art directed by the brilliant Derek Birdsall as a, an incredible showcase for the kind of photography that I'd been hoping to see and hadn't seen for quite a long time prior to uh, the birth of that particular newspaper in London. He's gone on to win numerous awards and uh, he works both as commissioned uh, work and personal projects, working for clients such as Land Rover and John Lewis and Barclays Bank and so forth. So in that sense, Craig works um, as a commissioned photographer does uh, in 2019. But I think what really drew me to Craig um, and asking him this week to tell us what photography means to him. It's the project that he's been working on, a group project titled 16, with 15 other photographers around the UK. The project gives a voice to the next generation, allowing them to speak about their dreams, their ambitions, their hopes and fears for the future. It explores how upbringing, social background, ethnicity, gender and location influence what you feel you can achieve in life and how you might fulfill your potential. Maybe that leads straight back to what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, my ramblings about expectation. Anyway, this week, let's listen to Craig Easton. It's, it's funny because um, it occurred to me that photography isn't necessarily something that has meaning as such. It, it's kind of more integral than that. It's, it's who I am. It's, uh, I'm a photographer. It's how I engage with the world. It's, uh, it's how I engage with life. Um, I can't really separate it. Uh, and it made me think of... Um, I'm a football fan, and, uh, and it made me think of the famous Bill Shankly quote where, uh, where he said, some people say that football is a matter of life and death, but they're wrong, he said. It's much more important than that. And of course, that's funny and it's comical and you know, bloody blah. But uh, but it, it's kind of get what he means. It's it's not that it's, it's literally more important than life and death. That's nonsense. But uh, but it's like inseparable from it. And and I kind of feel like that about photography. It's uh, you know, it, it it is who I am. It gives me a reason to explore and satisfy my curiosity. And um, and I find that in an effort to understand, I photograph. That's what I do. I started out in newspapers um, at The Independent in the early 1990s and I've always considered the subject to be more important than the photograph. Um, and yeah, I still feel that now. It's, it's just that's the way it works for me. It's, you know, it's not always true of all photography, of course. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes image is everything in advertising or fashion or still life. But, but in documentary, it's the other way around. The photograph exists in the service of the subject. Um, you know, and and I I do shoot a lot of advertising and stuff for commercial clients, things like that, to pay the bills. But as a photographer, I've never really lost my primary reason for being a photographer, to respond to what I see, the way I see it, and to record it, document it as it is. Um, it's not to say that the photograph, the art of it, the craft of it, the compositions, the aesthetics are unimportant they're not you know they're essential um and for me that's where some documentary photography fails the pictures have to be interesting in their own right and i i really think they have to be accessible to as wide an audience as possible you know if the if the purpose of documentary photography is to communicate then it's 
it's incumbent on us as photographers to make that work comprehensible and, and available to people. If, as it sometimes feels, that you, know, you need a degree in visual anthropology to understand the work, then as storytellers we've failed. The photograph is the window um, through which we invite viewers to look, to see, see what we see, to meet the people we meet. And I'm sort of ambivalent about the notion that photography can or can't change the world. There have been instances where I think it has, of course, but, but that's an incredibly high bar to set for documentary photography to have legitimacy. It has to change the world. Yeah, blimey. I mean, mostly it won't, of course, it, but, it, but it can certainly change perceptions. And for me, it's, a, it's an essential part of the world that can help bring people together and, and share our joys and sorrows. I'm usually I'm usually working on a, a number of projects simultaneously. That's you know just the way it is, and um, but they all seem to be interrelated in some broad sense, and and generally one influences the other. Um, you know, I'm I'm currently working on a, a group project called Sixteen um, with a, a group of photographers all around the UK uh, making portraits of sixteen-year-olds. Um, and asking them about you know their lives, their dreams, their hopes, ambitions, and fears, and and I'm I'm interested in really how you know how their social background, gender, ethnicity, education, health, location, all those factors influence what they think they can achieve in life. Um, it's interesting, you know. I, I suppose it's for me, it's a little bit about the notion of meritocracy and and you know whether that's desirable obviously it's desirable in some senses but but then it leaves the question of you know well who decides what merit is and what about those people that, that don't have merit as it seems to be accepted what, what you know what can we do for those people um anyway so th- this is all coming together it's been great working with um a, a group of colleagues and friends and bouncing ideas off each other and uh, with the support of Anne Brave and the curator and Liz Vavora at the Open Eye Gallery in Liverpool. So, so that's all, all been good, and, and that launches in, um, in Manchester in February, and then the full, full project is shown together for the first time at, uh, at Format in, in Derby. And um, it, it's good, you know, my approach to, to that work is influences and is influenced by the other projects I'm working on, They're looking at social policy, economics, history... Even football is something else I'm finishing off at the moment, a little project about football. Um, and so looking at, at that and all the other projects I've got launching this year, I think, you know, brings me back to being there, brings me back to what photography means to me, what you asked in the first place. It's a way to connect and a way to help tell other people's stories. It's, you know, I feel it both as a privilege and a responsibility, of course, to, to do it the best I can. So, so even if, you know, photography can't change the world, it certainly doesn't mean it's not relevant. Change happens, you know. One thing we can be sure of is that change is inevitable and decisions that direct that change in, in Parliament, in society, are all informed by what we see around us. Um, that's, and, and, you know, that's where documentary photography is important. It makes the unseen seen. We're the commentators, the witnesses, historians, the storytellers. That's, that's what's important for me and and it's important as it ever was really and it's it's a serious business it's you know it's a lot of fun too of course the camera gives you a, an excuse to be nosy and to meet people from all different walks of life and and you know it's it's fascinating um i love it you know Lindsay adario um 
named her, her great book, It's What I Do. And I kind of buy into that. It is what I do. But more than that, it's, um, it's who I am, really. Each week, um, when I receive these, um, these contributions, it really, I just learn so much. It just really makes me think. Um, and I thank everybody um, for being so eloquent and for raising so many issues um, in this little strand that's been running now for, for quite some time. And we've certainly got some incredible ones um, coming up, scheduled for future months from a real broad range of uh, photographers, as well as a few more archive um, conversations coming up with photographers um, who I suppose the two in particular, two of the the true greats of the history of photography. So that's something certainly to look out for in future podcasts. Um, I hope you feel the same. I hope you're getting as much from these um, the answers to these this question that um, that I set everybody. I should also say at this point, um, they run completely unedited. Um, they're never rejected. Whatever anybody sends me is exactly what you hear. Um, I, I put no editorial uh, control over any of the things that you're hearing um, within that. Um, so that's straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. Um, I think also important at this point, just to kind of, I suppose, reiterate is that, you know, I do all this stuff for free. Um, I don't get paid to, to do anything with the United Nations of Photography, and we don't have any um, funding or support. It's very much from a place of the importance of sharing experience, uh, sharing knowledge, um, sharing opinions, and um, hopefully, um, I suppose, as I, as I used to say in the very early podcasts, um, it acts as a little bit of a, uh, maybe it's just something in the background on a commute, or maybe it's an arm around the shoulder. Somebody did uh, tweet the other day to say that it was their uh, sort of thing to listen to just before they go off to sleep. So perhaps also it acts as a cure for insomnia. Anyway, either way, um, I think Craig's contribution this week was fantastic, uh, and I hope you do too. Um, as far as everything else is concerned, life rolls on in the same old way. Lots of um, projects and things coming up. There's going to be an announcement um, of a really exciting big project for October of 2019 that the United Nations of Photography are going to be curating and putting on in collaboration with somebody in the UK. Can't say too much more about it at this point. But it's certainly going to be a unique event, an event that, as far as I'm aware, has never occurred before. And it's going to run over two weekends um, and the week between those two weekends. So do keep looking out for that uh, on Twitter, where you can follow us on at UN of Photo or on the website um, UnitedNationsOfPhotography.com. I think that's all about uh, that's about all of the housekeeping, really, for um, for this week. Um, it's a bit dry, but a bit windy outside the shed, so I don't know if you've um, heard the storm whipping up in the background of this week's podcast, but that's certainly been happening. Uh, I've got a few things to uh, get on with. I've got to give a, a Q&A via Skype um, to tie in with a screening at the University of Falmouth of the Bill J film and um, lots of other bits and pieces as well. I'm hoping to be up uh, in London uh, next week um, viewing the Diane Arbus uh, exhibition which I'm really looking forward to and perhaps even the Don McCullen if I can fit that in as well so I might even be talking about um, both of those or one of those 
uh, next week. Um, I hope uh, you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Um, as always, I ask if you are listening on iTunes or any other um, podcast platform that allows you to give a rating uh, or a little review, it really helps us um, get the message out. Um, the audience is growing rapidly for this podcast, so I thank you all um, for listening. Um, and I suppose it's time to end this week's podcast um, uh, with the usual suggestion. Just take care. Thank you.